Welcome to episode two of I Don't Sound Autistic. Thank you for returning to listen to the podcast. And if you haven't listened to the previous episode, then I recommend you do that before starting this one, as this episode starts where the previous one left off. As a reminder, Georgie, Gemma, Matilda and I talked about a variety of topics ranging from issues with the diagnostic criteria for autism to why eyeballs are gross. Here's the rest of our conversation. Enjoy. We've actually been recording for almost an hour so we should probably like stop at some point but like the last thing I wanted to bring up just because I have it written down um Asperger's and asparagus (laughs) confuses me every single time I read it and I'm not looking to buy Asperger's at the grocery store I mean you can pop up the one just top it up a bit (laughs) but we're also not a burger no we're not Asperger's either that annoys me so much. It's, it's like, not even a B. It's a P. I mean, not that it even exists anymore, but when people just make a joke out of it. Mm. Okay, thanks. Yeah, like the amount of times I've said to people, it's like, they'll be, they'll say Asperger's, and I'm like, I'm not a burger. And then they look at me, and I'm like, it's a P. I'm not a burger. And they're like, all right, calm down. I'm like, no, it's important. Pronunciation is important. Yeah. It's especially important because I can't hear the difference. So, like, I know when I'm saying Asperger or Asperger, but I can't hear the difference. And I think a lot of people with autism can't do that. So, Um, I mean, they'll just be calling me an Asperger and and I don't know that. See, for me, I can hear the difference, but for maybe that comes from having to study the sound of languages so closely. That even mm. just yeah. thing. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I've never had this problem because it's different in my language, but it's ridiculous that people do that. Like, why? How do you say, like, autistic in Portuguese? Autista. In Portuguese, is it, like, autistic person or person with autism? Or is it both? If you just say autista, it's autistic person. But you can say person with autism as well. How do you say that? Pessoa autista. Ou pessoa com autismo. Man, it messes with me so much hearing other languages. <laughs> just can't... All the sounds just merge together and I don't know what... I can't separate any letters. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was telling the others, um, Georgie, before we were recording. Like, um, when I was in Germany, there was a tin of like canned asparagus and asparagus isn't even the German word. It's like spargel or something. But then it just said like asparagus on it. And it confused me so much because nothing else around it was in English. And then there was just a tin of what I read as Asperger's on the shelf. And it really messed with me in the supermarket. And, just and was, a whole train of thought and you have to stand there staring like, what am I doing again? Yeah, I, had, I properly pants. stopped pushing the trolley to, like, look at it. But it was a horrible supermarket anyway, and I got very overwhelmed. But that did make me laugh. I <laughs> the supermarkets. They're too bright. I prefer the German supermarkets. The lights are less fluorescent and painful. Are they more yellow? Because yeah. yellow lights, I prefer those. White yeah, lights. Yeah, and apparently they just stock cans of Asperger's, so... <laughs> You should have got your autism top up there instead of waiting for COVID vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> autism 2.0. I love that tweet. It was like, oh yeah, the vaccine's taken so long because they're working out how to put autism in it. <laughs> love it. 
yeah and when people were like oh but it, but it might have like the tracking device i'm like oh that's perfect for me because i get lost so easily <laughs> device, no, people can find me when i get lost also not to completely derail the whole podcast but how would you even fit a tracking device in a small injection that can fit inside your bloodstream you'd feel it it would clog up your arteries i know you know i was having this conversation earlier about because there's this girl she's like i don't want the autism va- the, no, not the autism vaccine, <laughs> vaccine because there's toxins in there and it's like dude if you've ate a pick and mix from wilkinson's you have nothing to worry about also it's not like you're drinking it no no same like i eat honey but i don't put honey inside my veins because i know that those <laughs> i'm not going to drink the vaccine so yeah. like people don't know how medicine works yeah it's really bizarre though because especially with the apparent resurgence of the flat earthers and now the yeah. anti-vaxxers and stuff we seem to be like uh, is it degress what's the opposite of like progressing regressing yeah thanks we're like regressing back in terms of medicine and what people understand yeah something's gone very wrong there no i mean the whole tracking device thing in the vaccines is so odd why would they want that what why would they want to track a random 50 year old woman and let's be real most of us have iphones we have gps and tracking on them Mm-hmm. Also, most of us have got bank accounts. Anytime we take money out of our bank account, they can see yeah. when and where. Yeah, and like they've got phones. CCTV everywhere. They can track us if they want to anyway. SIM cards, literally, in your phone. They you track us. Do you free time to be thinking about this stuff? Besides, the government doesn't have enough money to be producing enough like tracking yeah. devices to go into all the vaccines. They've like, got too much on their hands. They need to stop letting people buy. <laughs> They couldn't yeah. create a simple track and trace app. How they would get one into a vaccine? Like that is way beyond their competence. How would they get one so small that people it could go into people without noticing as well? And so small that it could contain that technology to track things. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's possible with some, you know, company, but it would be so expensive. Yeah. I'm not gonna do that. Like, 70 like, million people. Why do they care what Karen's doing in Sainsbury's? <laughs> I certainly don't. No, I don't. Unless actually, if Karen's making it more difficult for me to shop, then I do care. But I don't think a tracker in her bloodstream is going to help much with that. Or unless Karen is breaking the lockdown rules, but... I just have no time for Karen. No. I mean, she wouldn't even think we were real people because we're autistic, so, you know. Oh, I need to tell you this. In first year, I had a support worker on my first day, and she was called Karen. She she was an interesting one. She was very lovely, but she really didn't understand autism, and it was hilarious because she was walking around with me for the day, and I was like, right, okay, we need to go to X building because I'm going to go meet my personal tutor now. And then we walked to the building. She was like, we're not at the right building. I was like, yes, we are. And I was like, it says it on the sign right here. And it says it on my timetable, which I have studied in depth. I know everything that's happening this day. She didn't believe me. And I was like, no, we're in here. You've got to follow me. Bearing in mind, she was meant to be the one in charge. So we went up to the room and we walked in the room. And I was like, yep, this is where we're meant to be. She was like, no, it's not. And I was like, where are we meant to be then? And she was like, 
I don't know. I'll go ask this member of staff. So she went and asked this member of staff, and they were like, no, you're in the right place. And she came back to me. She was like, oh, I didn't believe you. I was like, no, you didn't. Karen. I was like, I met up with some girls, and I was like, I said to Karen, I was like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with these girls for lunch, like get to know them, start making friends. She was like, oh, do you want me to come with you? And I was like, no, thanks. Come on, Karen. And then she tried to sell me a bike because she worked in a bike shop. She was like, oh, you'd, you'd get on well with cycling. And I was like, no, I wouldn't. I never saw Karen again. I decided I didn't need her support. That's fair. Well, you know, if, if you are in the market for a bike, then at least you have a contact. <laughs> Every time I walk past this little bike shop, I'm like, oh, I wonder if Karen's in there today. Could you even... No, that's a stupid question. I was going to say, could you even cycle a bike, but with crutches? Like, sort of put them on the pedals and sort of move them? Well, like <laughs> you, maybe you could. I have tried riding a bike, but I'm really bad at it because I'm, like, so shaky. Like, yeah. it's like I need stabilisers, like five-year-olds. Although what I think would be really fun is getting um, roller skates or a skateboard and then using my crutches, like ski poles. Yeah. God, going down Cardiac Hill. Yes, put all the people we don't like at the bottom and then play bowling, human bowling. <laughs> I feel like we might be breaking a few, well, not just rules, but laws doing that. Yay. Well, I guess it depends who's at the bottom. I'm not sure it does. I think it's still illegal. <laughs> Imagine having to explain that to a judge. <laughs> so why does play human bowling when we got bored? Because anyway, we are all damp squibs. <laughs> that was... I can't believe... That was like, when it first came out, I read it as damp squid, and I was like, why am I a squid? I'd rather be a squid than a squib. Yeah. Because if, it's a, if I'm a squib, then that means magic does exist. And I didn't inherit it from my magical yeah. family. And then you can go to Hogwarts. No, and that's not fun. I prefer well, it to not exist at all, then I just can't go. Yeah. <laughs> Gemma, we're still going to make you watch all the Harry Potter films at some point. Yeah. Uh, it might take a while. Sort into a house. Yeah. Oh, what house is Gemma? You give me Hufflepuff vibes. Really? Yeah. I think Gryffindor. Just because you're always ready to fight. That's true. (laughs) Like, what does this mean? I have no idea. I've never watched it. You've got so much to discover. Yeah. (laughs) At some point, when we're allowed to, you know, meet each other and be in the same place, then we can, like, all eat Percy Pigs, and Matilda can try them, and we can all watch Harry Potter. Oh, wait, I have something right here to show you. This is exciting. Bertie Bortz. Oh, I haven't opened them. It's all in Japanese, so I can't understand a single word. But... That's cool. Do I dare ask what that is? Um, there's a load of different sweets in the Harry Potter world, and Bertie Bortz Every Flavour Beans is one of them. And there's a line that's like, they mean every flavour. So they have flavours that are like vomit. Earwax. Uh, yeah, dirty socks and stuff. But they've also got like chocolate and... Um, Cherry pie and things like yeah. that. You know, toast. Jelly beans are overrated anyway. Yeah, but I do not agree with chocolate actually. jelly beans. I've had some of them and they are quite gross. Like, yeah. really, really horrible. I had some Bertie Pots when I went to the Warner Bros. studios. And... I've had the earwax flavoured one. 
and the oh. word. These exploding bonbons. Have you ever had like the? Have you had the chocolate frogs? Because they've got like a, the ones that come in packets. They have the cards. Packets. Yeah, and I, so I've got a few of the cards, but then the ones that come in like the foil packets rather than the Pentagon yeah. boxes, pentagonal boxes, and um, they have like almost like Rice Krispies in them or something. So they sort of crackle. It's cool. Ooh. Now I want to rewatch Harry Potter. <laughs> but it's really annoying because now I don't like buy any of the sweets because that just goes into the pocket of she who must not be named. Yeah, which really ruins it for me because, you know, being autistic, you kind of seek out those environments where you do feel accepted and you could imagine that everyone treats you like an actual human. Yeah. So when you find out that the author of that universe doesn't believe in a lot of people as being humans, yeah, then it ruins it. I feel like the Harry Potter community is very accepting, especially because most people have like rejected the author. Yeah. But like, I think a lot of people have, it's very much been like separation of author and work. Yeah. Which can't be fully done, but... No. But everyone does accept, like everyone recognises what she did and is like, and we don't want that. That's not what we stand for. Like Harry Potter was my biggest special interest. More than dinosaurs. So like... Mind you. You can have a whole series of books that are just not authored by anyone. So, on a yeah. slightly different note, have any of you watched *The Queen's Gambit*? I did. Did you I like have it? Not. I, I really liked it. It's incredible. I might watch it. I, I, I don't know. I think you like it. Is it about it's chess? About, yeah, it's so good. It sounds so boring, like oh, it's about a girl that learns to play chess, but it's so good, and the way they film it is so clever. Also, *I Am Greta* is out on the BBC iPlayer, so we can watch that for free now. Oh, for this, we could like do like commentary on it or like our opinions of it. Yeah, I would really like to uh, at some point. I mean, maybe if we could be in person, it would be a bit easier. But like the four of us all just like watch something together and it could be like, yeah, we can just sort of talk as we go and things. And, and we can watch like documentaries about autistic people and I don't know, watch Rain Man or something, but like, you know, films with autistic people in it. Maybe not Rain Man, because I don't know if we can understand that, but... (laughs) I've never watched Rain Man. Me neither. I've never, yeah. No, I've seen a load of clips from it, but I just don't know if I'm ready to do that. Watch a series and start making really tenuous points, like watch Harry Potter and go through, oh, these are all the characters that may have autism. And it just ends up being all of them. What? Also, side note, it's definitely Hermione. Yeah. yeah. She's 100% autistic. She oh. is autism. <laughs> I related to her so much when I was Same. a kid. Same. I have a mug with like Hermione on it, and it's the first thing I ever bought with my own money. And it's like a Hermione mug, and I, and I still got thing. it. She's just so cool. I was obsessed with her when I was a kid, and like people said I looked like her. So. And you can see someone in books and literature and media who go around, go about life the same way you do. I mean, I know we don't have magic, but, yeah. you know. Well, according to the neurotypicals, us autistic people have magical powers. 
Still waiting. Yeah, I'm yet to discover what mine is. Yeah, if, if our magical power is hearing electricity in the walls, that's rubbish. Because to yeah. be honest, it's just annoying because it never goes away. I mean, I'm, I'm still recording, guys. I, I don't know what part of this is going to go in at this point. But... Interesting. This is interesting. I know. I, I, I'm enjoying this. But like there's um, obviously the name of the blog is like, I don't look autistic, which I do agree with. Except for the fact that I can sort of tell when people are autistic. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, more I, from their yeah. mannerisms than how they yeah. look. For me, yeah. it sounds so weird, but I, can, I feel like I can tell by people's eyes. People with autism have different eyes. I can't explain it, but you can just tell. Maybe that's my superpower. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they just autism. give off these vibes, and I'm yeah. like, it's got the vibe. It's the autism walk for me. <laughs> the autism walk, yeah. People just have an autistic walk. Do you, do you guys like remember that pound. study that claimed that gay people had different pheromones? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that with autism. Yeah. I remember it was when, you know, we were allowed to, like, meet in the city and we were sort of walking together. And so it was Matilda and Georgie and then me and Gemma behind. And then Gemma and I were like, Look at them with their autistic walk. I just have a very strong memory of us just walking behind you and both of us being like, they're walking very autistically. Wow. It's like we went, we went to Boots to get your prescription and like you stepped up to the counter and I was like, wow, that was the most autistic step I've ever seen you take. But yeah, to like, be yeah. fair, if a non-autistic person was like, oh, you're acting really autistic, I'd be like, how dare you? But if one yeah. of you guys says it, I'm like, lol, I know. <laughs> Yeah, like, there's a lecturer in our department, and I swear he's autistic because he has the autism walk. <laughs> I didn't know I had it. I know, like... Yeah, you do. Like, there's little taps over shoulders, like, I can't... Yeah, it's sort of... Bounce. Like, I know that I walk, and my arms are either, like, together and I'm sort of fidgeting, or they're, like, quite straight. Yeah, or quite... But I sort of bounce, but I um, hold myself a bit rigid. And then there's like the the like really bad posture. Mm. Yeah, all autistic. Well, but most autistic people have really bad posture. I feel like I need to really concentrate on how I walk, well, especially when I'm walking down the street with a lot of people. <laughs> no, but I would like be self conscious about it. Like, what do I do with my hands? What if I fall over in the street? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just forget how to walk. Like various instances of people asking me if I was in pain. <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't. I was just walking normally. And then like, I know I there's something wrong with the way I do it because like the soles of my boots are worn down in a weird way. I sort of find myself walking on the like the edges, the outer edges of my feet sometimes. Yeah, say. And then my feet like my feet. outward. Yeah, I do that. It's and then my boots are like this, <laughs> like the sole of it. Instead of being like properly balanced, it's just like worn out like this. Oh, for anyone listening, if this does go in, um, <laughs> like this was indicating that the back of the sole is thicker. Yeah, I don't know. And it's like sometimes the way people talk as well yeah with how like, their intonation works and how monotone their voice is 
I feel like people, you can kind of tell because it sounds like they're really thinking about what they're saying if they're not in an environment where um, they can stop masking. Mm-hmm. And also, like, just in the middle of conversations, a lot of autistic people will just sort of not have expressions on. And for me, that's normal, but perhaps not quite so for neurotypical people. Like, we'll just be talking and I'll like look at the screen or something and everyone's looking really blank faced. But I'm like, yeah, that's that's normal. We're just autistic. I think for me, like, I do over expressions. Like, I can't control my face and like, like, I can remember I was talking to my personal tutor and I met, she mentioned a member of staff and she was like, wow, your face said that or you, you're not fond of them, are you? And I think for me, like, my face always, like, it isn't necessarily blank. It's just, you can tell exactly what I'm thinking. See, I, I don't have um, particularly obvious expressions naturally. So then when I'm masking, I think sometimes I go a bit over the top yeah. and then they get a little exaggerated and I don't mean to do that. I used to do that a lot, like, especially when I was younger and I still hadn't quite figured out how to talk to people. Um, and like my basis for human interaction was like cartoons and stuff. And like, they're really dramatic <laughs> on TV, so. Did you see that on Netflix there's like a live action winks? Yeah, I saw the whole thing. I know like people don't like it and I understand why, but like, I think I think Winx was my first special interest hmm. when I was like six years old, maybe younger. I think one of my first special interests was Animal Crossing. And when I look at it now, it makes complete sense because you're in a world and you're the only human and everyone else is animals. Yeah, OK, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And like, there's no social interaction. You just go around and build your little world in your own way. There's no rules. Oh. Yeah. Like, looking at it now, it's like, wow, that was such an autistic reason for me to like it. But that's kind of, like, why I loved Harry Potter so much. Because it was, like, everyone in the muggle world was different and wasn't, you know, had, like, these things that would happen and they couldn't explain it. And then it turns out they were just all magic. And then they went to a school where everyone was magic and it was good. This is going to sound the most incredibly autistic thing I've ever said, but (laughs) my first special interest was Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Very Um, awesome. (laughs) <laughs> my copies of the book are almost as old as I am yeah. just because I liked this world that was so built up around non-typically human activities. I think yeah. that's why I've always liked fantasy stuff like what Sarah just said about Harry Potter just made so much sense to me right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see I don't I'm not always that fond of like programs that aren't real life like I'm not that interested in fantasy like I just like real life documentaries because it's real Mm. I don't know I'm not the biggest fan of fantasy but Harry Potter just it just hit in a way that was different yeah and it still does every time I reread it they were all kids too like Mm -hmm. our age when we started reading it yeah I think that's the thing it was Harry and his friends were at the age that you were so it was just that extra bit relatable because they were going through the same things that you were going through yeah it's like you can see yourself in their position mm-hmm. i mean i was younger so like there was were a few years there 
that, that was like when I'm 11 I'll get that letter <laughs> yeah I'm, I was younger as well but I was always just very mature for my age so I I, I used to, you know speed ran through childhood straight yeah, into teens I feel like I just skipped teens completely and I went from like 10 years yeah. old to five yeah I, I do feel, feel like... about 90 sometimes I feel like I did my teenage years in like a year then like I could never relate to other kids my age like even now I can't understand at all I just had crippling depression for a lot of my teen years so it's That's just miserable physically 15 mentally 50. <laughs> yeah like I love going to Marks and Spencer's food hall I don't like late nights yeah. out I, I'm not fan, a fan of teenagers I like just <laughs> sitting down on the Friday night, watching Bake Off. Mm. Yeah. I like just putting on a nice documentary and sitting there with my crocheting. Knowing that no no one is going to come and make noise or come yeah. in and be teenagers. Like, I like going on nice walks and like staying home. And I feel like it's very telling that I feel more at home like in the suburbs and like out in the countryside than in the neighborhoods full of uni students. But is that's one of the reasons it's very refreshing like that I met you guys because we have much more similar interests and we're much more similar in how we choose to spend our time which is nice. Yeah. One thing I've always said is that um, with you guys I don't get exhausted socially Whereas yeah. with neurotypicals, after about half an hour, I would just think, I hate this. Leave me alone. I need a lot of time to recharge. But because I don't have to do all of the same masking activities or I'm not getting stressed out, then I could just talk for like four or five hours and then be completely fine afterwards. I'm always yeah. tired when I interact with people, but I don't think it's always the autism. It's like way more often the social anxiety which i guess it's tied to the same thing but... yeah like i look forward to speaking to you guys but like with other people i don't always look i always enjoy it when i'm with them but i always kind of get worried about it before but with you guys i don't worry about it before mm. yeah i i would agree i generally like speaking to people and especially as i'm older and i can control when i do it it's yeah. I quite like sort of social interaction, but yeah. with you guys, I just am never as tired afterwards. Yeah, there's, nice. there's about two, like, normal people where I don't worry yeah. about speaking to them. But I think it's because they're very, like, they're not autistic, but, like, they're very blatantly honest. Mm -hmm. And for me, I really like that because I know exactly where I stand with them. So I'm not having to analyse them when I speak to them. Yeah. I have like two friends besides you guys that I can just speak to freely. Otherwise, I'll just be worried people think I'm weird. My biggest thing that actually perhaps lockdown has sort of helped with the social stuff is because when I meet people in person, I always worry that the way that I like to spend evenings is too boring for them. Yeah. Because neurotypical people are more likely to want to go to clubs and go out and things like that, and that's yeah. just more difficult. That's what I've really struggled with at university, because yeah. for me, my evening, so my day ends at dinner time, and after that it's just relaxing time where I can watch TV or read a book, maybe do a bit yeah. of work, but have quiet time to myself. 
So I've always really struggled to connect my time of relaxing with other people's party and going yeah. out hours. Yeah, it's like since being at uni, I've been on two nights out and that's it. And that's enough. Zero. I went to well, a pub quiz with my brother and my friend, so I don't think that counts. <laughs> one, it was fun though. One of them was really fun though. It was like, it's called Batty Bingo. And it's just basically, there was like a thousand students there, all drunk, playing bingo. And century-wise, it was awful. But it was really fun because it wasn't like a club. And like the idea of going to a club doesn't interest me. But because there was a purpose for being there, I really mm. enjoyed it. Although I was so hungover the next day when I went to mentoring, it was unreal. <laughs> no, I just feel a bit more relaxed because I'm more confident that you guys aren't going to be like, oh, let's go out and drink the night yeah. away. So that's it just removes that sort of pressure, which is yeah. nice. I know that we have the same interests and you won't judge, like we won't judge yeah. each other for wanting a bit of quiet time or alone time or... Yeah. I feel like that's the judgment bit that we're afraid of because like I have a very neurotypical friend, like she goes out to party with her other friends and I just stay at her house and hang out with her cats and it's fine. Yeah. But like here at uni, you're afraid people aren't going to like you because you don't want the same things. Yeah. I think we're just learning that neurotypicals are the problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the message of this. Yeah, for my friend's 21st, I went over her house and there was a few people there and like I had never met them. And like they were all drinking and I was drinking as well. But apparently one of them was really concerned because I spent more time talking to the dog than the other humans. <laughs> So my friend had to explain to her, she was like, no, she's fine. That's just her very normal, natural behaviour to be gravitating towards animals and not humans. I always worry as well that, especially if I'm in a, it's a group situation, if, for example, you know, we go over and we like play games or whatever, then that's fine and I really like that and I'll have a good time. But I always worry that at some point they're going to be like, oh, but we want to go and do this. So yeah. the group is going to go and do something, but I won't be able that's to. And really then I stressful. I am then just out of the group. And that's what really stresses me out. That's because I don't, I don't want to lose friends and stuff because I'm not able to do something. Yeah. Yeah. But real friends should do things that are inclusive. Yeah. That's something quite bad. I have learned while at university. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Like, I had a couple of friends like that who would... They wouldn't even try to make things accessible to me. They would just do it without me and just not invite me. And they would assume, they would automatically assume I couldn't do it. And they were like, oh, well, we won't invite her because she probably won't like it. And I was like, yeah. you could have just done something that I would have enjoyed as well. But and it's like, as soon as you don't want to engage with something, it's like they just forget about your existence. That's the bit that I really hate the most is the assumptions. Like I, because yeah. I know that if someone asked me if I wanted to go to a club, I would say no. And they will also know that I'd say no. But I appreciate it when they ask because yeah. it's like, okay, they did think of me. And yeah. it's like, oh, would they, if I was able to, they would want to spend time with me. But when yeah. it's like, oh, we're going to go to the club. And like, we didn't ask you because we know you won't be able to do it. That's, yeah. that's, that's the worst weird. bit. Mm. Funnily enough, I'm not friends with those people anymore. Like, I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah, because Sarah, what you just said makes me 
when that kind of thing happens to me, it makes you think they make plans without considering yeah. other people rather than making plans including you. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, if people want to go to a club, then sure, but at least ask if I would want to go yeah. and then it's my decision to say no. Yeah, they say we don't have empathy, but then they do that. Yeah. And I'd say that that's lacking empathy. And like I had, um, like I was with a group of friends um, like last year and it was really good because it was like, oh, they wanted to like go out and stuff, but they were like, okay, well, why don't you come around before when we're all like in the flat and stuff. And then if it's too much, you can like go home and stuff and we can like walk you home. Um, But there will be the option that if you want to come with us, you can. And they made the point yeah. that, like, okay, the bit before we go out, we're all going to be there and stuff, so why don't you come over So for that so you can at least have that social interaction yeah. and then it's up to you what you do from there. And I liked that a lot because it was still they were still including me. Yeah. And it's not a hard thing to do or even figure out, but yeah. people just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, especially when, like, Maybe you guys are different, but I feel like I spend a lot of my life trying to accommodate other people. Yeah. And it's like, well, why can't you just accommodate me for once? You spend a lot of time trying to make other people happy or work around them for them to turn around and just forget completely about you. Yeah. And it's like, I, I'm never going to be not autistic. And so the only way really that I can manage it is by controlling my environment because I yeah. can't control being autistic yeah. so I want it that's why it means so much to me when people are considerate and they ask me about if they can do anything to help me or they sort of will like ask if I want the music lower and stuff like that because it's like they recognize that I need that extra sort of control over the environment and that means a lot because it's just, yeah, it's just that recognition and it means that they sort of understand that it is perhaps more difficult for me. Yeah, it's like we're not asking for much. We're just asking for you to be good humans at the end of the day. Yeah. Like it's really not asking for much. Like if our disability meant that we were in a wheelchair and everyone started making plans about walking to the top of the Eiffel Tower or something, that would feel pretty bad. I think this yeah, is well, also where the awareness of invisible disabilities comes in. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah. yeah. Well, what you said about the wheelchair, like, I had some friends and they were like, oh, we're going to walk into town. And obviously I'm on crutches. I'm not. Walking isn't my forte. And they were like, oh, if you're not able to come, we'll leave you here and then we'll come back and get you later when we're back. And they you're wanted to leave you. Yeah, and I was like, and I was there thinking, I was like, that's what you do to a dog when you tie them up outside and go to the shop and then you go back for them. They were literally like, oh yeah, we'll come back for you when we're done. And I was like, no, I'm going to go. So then I walked with them because I felt like I had to and I didn't want to miss out. That's so bad. Yeah, and then they were like, oh, we're going to go to this other building. They're like, should we drop you off here and we'll come get you back later? And I was like, I'm not a dog. <laughs> You're not left luggage. No, and it's, I think it kind of shows that even if your disability isn't invisible, there's still a lot, a long way to go. 
Like, it wouldn't have been much for him to say, oh, do you want to get in a bus into town? Or do you want to drive in? But instead, oh, no, we'll leave you here. We'll get the bus with you, Gemma. <laughs> yeah. Well, I drive, so... Well, yeah, that's true. Okay. Actually, you usually give us lifts, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, no, there's no other people, it's just us. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also, I... Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I would say generally we've been good oh, yeah. about crutches no, and stuff. No, I was like, no, like whenever we go somewhere, you always say things like, "Oh, are you okay to walk this distance?" And I'm always like, "Oh, that's really nice that you thought about it." Like yeah, small things like that for me, I really like. But whereas some people, it's like, "Oh, well, we'll just <laughs> we'll we'll leave you somewhere and we'll collect you." Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> I mean, in doing that, that's assuming, like, I have no other friends. Like, I couldn't go off and find other people to talk to. Yeah. Oh, that's so... I hate when people do that. But again, it's that assumption. Yeah, it's the assumption that you can't do something. Yeah. It's like, even if we both know that I'm not going to be able to do something, at least ask me. Ask, yeah. Because it takes an extra five seconds. The person says, oh, do you want to do this? And I say, no. Okay, we've reached the same conclusion. Yeah, and it means so much just to know you were thought about in a positive way. Not, oh, because normally it's like, oh, we thought about you. We assumed you wouldn't come. And I was like, that's not a nice way to think about someone. And there's also like, oh, we thought about you. And then you sort of feel like a bit of a burden because you're the one that can't do something. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like that's why I walked into town and I was like, oh, I don't want to be awkward and be like, can we do something else? I think that's my most common phrase is, ugh, people. <laughs> oh, now I'm just thinking about rubbish people. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few. I, I had one. Um, I had one instance where a couple of people basically were like, oh, if you're going to get overwhelmed or whatever at this thing, then can you not come? because then it will stress me out. I'm like, I get it, I don't want to ruin people's evenings, but however stressed you are, I can guarantee you I'm about 100 times more stressed. Yeah. But implying that you could ruin someone's evening is just so rude. And it's like, I, I, want, I wish that they would trust that I know myself enough, that I yeah. know if I'm going to be able to do something or not. Yeah, and like when you're in a situation, like we know when we need to get out of a situation. It's like, especially if it's, I'm with a person that I trust, it's like, I want them to, I sort of get a bit frustrated when people sort of assume that they have some sort of responsibility to look after me. And it's like, no, I will ask you if I need help and stuff, but I might be coping myself in a way that maybe to you looks like I'm struggling. But for me, if I'm stimming and stuff, maybe you think I am struggling and stuff, but for me, that's how I'm managing it. And that's what's making me feel better and so it's like no it's fine if you sort of like want to check on me and be like oh you're okay and I can be like yeah but then sort of making the assumption and when they say things like oh yeah but if we go and you get overwhelmed then like I'll have to deal with that and it's like no you don't I didn't ask you to you are just assuming that you need to do that let me ask you if I need help and let me manage it because I'm the one who knows how to best control it people hanging out with neurotypicals is so much work it's so confusing because like with you guys i know where i stand with you guys because you just say it as it is and i really like that like i don't need to think about my facial expressions or my intonation or how my body language is 
Yeah. Or if I say something really questionable, you guys would like, <laughs> laugh and be like, wow, that was a weird thing to say, but other people would be so offended. It's also another perk of being around you guys is because we all have sort of sensory issues, then we yeah. are just aren't in situations that that would be a problem because all of like, us are just like, yeah, I'm not going to be there. Like when we're in a coffee shop, like we all suddenly cover up our ears. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird, like, because when I'm with, like, other people and I cover my ears, they're like, oh, my God, are you okay? Oh, my God. And then they freak out. But with us, it's like, we cover our ears. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We just all simultaneously do it. No. (laughs) Oh, do you remember, though, when we... It was the place in the guild hall, the, like, courtyard bit. And then we went there to get a drink or something. And then all of us were sitting there, like, silent. And then I don't remember who it was, but someone was like, it's a bit loud here. Should we leave? And everyone was like, yes. And we'd all been thinking the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, I think this was only like our second outing together, so we were still figuring each other out. Yeah, and now is anyone's uncomfortable, we're like, guys, we need to go, and everyone's like, yes. (laughs) It's nice as well, like having people where you don't have to explain that sort of thing, that we can have conversations about it, but the conversation is way more like, yes, I get this as well, and stuff, rather than be like, so for me, it's like this, and stuff like that. Yeah. And also, like, if something's bothering one of us, but it doesn't bother any of the others, you're like, we're all like, oh, okay, it doesn't bother me, but if it bothers you, that's okay, we can do something else. Yeah, a lot more understanding. Yeah, or like, if you struggled with something, then it's not you struggling and us sitting there pestering you, saying, oh, why do you feel that way? We don't feel that way. You're just being weird. Oh, really? That's a shame you feel that way. (laughs) Why do you feel that way? Yeah. It's like, well, I'm so I feel like the conclusion here is neurotypical people are just really mean. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's so selfish. It's a conclusion to a lot of my conversations, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, autistic people can't do sarcasm and don't have sense of humour. God. No, absolutely not. I mean, I've actually been laughing when we're talking because I don't have a sense of humour. We're yeah. all just robots. Yeah. <laughs> just devoid of feelings. Yeah. Like controversial opinions and neurotypicals, but I think autistic people are just so unintentionally funny. Yeah. Like I'm always laughing when I'm with you guys, and it's not because like it's not like we're laughing at each other, we're laughing with each other. Yeah. You guys are just really bands. I also find myself I get very sarcastic with you guys. Yeah, yeah, I feel like my level of sar- I feel like I just speak in sarcasm to everyone. Like, I don't know, because I find sarcasm difficult. But, like, how I define it is it's lying with the intention that the other person knows you're lying. Yeah. Because that is, that is essentially what sarcasm is. Yeah. But with you guys, it's so much easier to know when you're being sarcastic than with neurotypical people, because you make it obvious. Yeah, we make it obvious, like, because our intonation changes so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want... Some neurotypicals, they just say it in their normal voice, and then I think they're being rude, not sarcastic. Yeah. yeah. I once got into a debate with a philosophy teacher about the definition of irony, and I was like, because if you have to know that stuff to understand, like, school stuff. I just get into a lot of debates with people about very <laughs> random subjects yeah like me in the lectures where i was just like critiquing the like, gently bringing autism into the equation and critiquing their work 
Like, it's so what? funny though, because every time we talk to you, Gemma, you're pretty much always like, yeah, so I, I was talking to this person and I'm debating them. <laughs> yeah. I like to think I'm a bit of an autism champ where I just bring it up. Yeah. Um, most of the time I'm never asked to bring it up. I just say it. <laughs> you're the guardian. I like when you send those clips of just complaining about something else. Yes, another person has done. Makes <laughs> you realise a lot of people in your department are not very well educated. Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, I told him. I, I told someone. I can't remember who it was. And I was like, "You need a seminar module on neurodiversity run by a neurodiverse person." And I was like, "Then that one should be me." Employ me. <laughs> Please employ me because I don't know what I'm going to do when I graduate in a few months' time. Oh, if you started a neurodiversity module at the uni, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah like, we just come and take it? Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine, like, a neurodiversity module, the psychology of disability, the psychology of ableism. That'd be cool. I yeah. Could, I could change the world here. Yeah. But you but actually <laughs> could. But first, I've got to work my way up and convince them that autistic people are not bad people. Well, before that, you've got to convince them that we are people. <laughs> we're not just robots. Um, AI technology. Yeah, so a little way to go. A couple of steps. <laughs> I'll get there. I'll rule the psychology department and there'll be no ableism. No, maths department's pretty alright, to be honest. Yeah, there's so many neurodiverse people in maths, though, that they kind yeah, of... Yeah, to be honest, I feel like we've probably got quite a high proportion of autistic people anyway. Yeah. So whether in they know it or sense. not. Okay, so thank you for listening to this uh, episode of... Wait, what's it even called? <laughs> Wait, let me redo that, let me redo that. <laughs> okay, thank you for listening to this episode of I Don't Sound Autistic with the guests Matilde, Gemma and Georgie. And I just said it in that order because that's how you appeared on my screen. So, you know, that wasn't done in any particular reason. I'm going to um, say, who's the favourite here? I don't have favourites. I love all my friends equally. I'm glad. Do any of you have anything that you want to plug in the social media where people can find you? Just anything that you particularly like at the moment, TV show? If you want some like classic autism tweets and rants and all my ramblings where I talk about the latest autism research. I'm going to have to spell it because it's not really a word, but my handle is at Q-U-X-E-T-1. I'll put a link to that in the description. (laughs) Just angry ramblings about autism and ableism in the world. I don't even have Twitter and sometimes I just Google it to read what you've tweeted. Yeah, all my most popular tweets and my ramblings about, like, annoying people. Anyone else? No? (laughs) Okay, cool. That's sorted then.